Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you all with us here today, Saturday, June 26th, for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. We continue our catechesis through um, the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 12, and we'll be going into chapter uh, 13 today. It's also commemoration today for Jeremiah the prophet, so we'll remember him as well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, we say our memory verse one more time for this week. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Micah 7, verse 18. And our psalm for this week, Psalm 119. Remember your word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your just decrees from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me, that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion, I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart, be gracious to me, according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your just and righteous decrees. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who keep your precepts. The earth, of, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from Romans chapter 5, continuation where we left off yesterday, chapter 4. Today, 5. Therefore, having, remember, therefore meaning everything that had to do with Abraham, uh, trusting in the promise. Okay, good. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us 
in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. All right. Um, Now, there was a mention back in chapter 4 about hope, uh, but a different kind of hope, that false hope that we have, uh, hope without a promise, right? But now, what is he talking about here at the beginning? He's talking about hope that doesn't disappoint. Why? Because it's rooted in the promise of being justified by faith through Jesus Christ, right? And having the glory of God, right? Um, And then also, we we have, similar to what we had from Hebrews chapter 12 with running the race, we have um, tribulations producing perseverance and perseverance character and character then hope, right? So the Lord is at work in us by his spirit through the justification that we have in Christ Jesus, through the forgiveness of sins, right? It's it's quite uh, edifying. Again, it's all given to us by Jesus, not rather our work, but his work for us, and we are saved by him. All right. And now our reading for catechesis, Acts chapter 12 and into chapter 13. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there, was a cert- there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now, when they had gone through the land of, or the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew named Bar Jesus, who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, or for so his name was translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. All right. Quite a reading, yeah? So why had Barnabas and Saul gone to Jerusalem? Well, that was back in um, Acts 11. We heard about this. um, To deliver the gift uh, from the Christians in Antioch. Remember, Antioch had taken uh, a a collection um, because of the famine, right? So he took that gift to Jerusalem. And who went with Paul and Barnabas? Uh, when they returned to Antioch. We talked about this yesterday. There he is again. John, whose surname is Mark. So John Mark. Uh, Who were the prophets and teachers at Antioch? We have a whole list of them there, right? 
Now Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. All right, all together. Whom did the Holy Spirit tell them to separate out? See that in verse 2. Barnabas and Saul, right? Um, and then what marked them as being sent by the Holy Spirit? We have the laying on of hands by their fellow prophets and teachers. And where did they go? To Seleucia, right? To the seaport of Antioch. Um, then they sailed to Cyprus. Um, or through the port of Salamis. Uh, yeah, which is on the island of Cyprus. There we go. Uh, what did they do there first? Yeah, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And who was with them as an assistant? Yeah, there's the John Mark character again. Whom did they encounter at Paphos? It's an interesting story. A sorcerer, right? A false prophet. Um, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, so son of Jesus. Who, or Joseph, if you prefer. Same name. Uh, or Joshua, I should say. Joshua or Jesus, same name. Who was with the proconsul, that's a Roman governor, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. Um, though this character named Elimus was also called uh, Bar Jesus, son of Jesus, in verse 6, what does Paul call him in verse 10? Yeah, Bar Devil, son of the devil, uh, an enemy of the righteous, righteousness of Christ. Right, so Bar Jesus, nope, Bar Devil. Look at that. Um, how do the false prophets often appear? This is helpful to remember here. Uh, da -da -da -da. We think that they're, you know, always obvious to us, but um, think of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, when he says, um, but I want, what I do, I also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in things which they boast. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Right? Lucifer, if you prefer. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, but whose end will be according to their works. Right? So that's really important to understand. Um, the false prophets, false teachers do not always, they don't appear um, as demonic, but their teaching is of the demons. This is very clear. So pay attention to what they say um, and ask, where is this written? Of course, we have an Old Testament story here um, with a sorcerer in mind that you might remember. We studied, oh, a few months ago, probably now. Right? Remember um, the reading with in 1 Samuel where you know, King Saul Rather than seek out the prophet of the Lord for the word of God, he sought out um, a medium, a sorcerer. Did not go well for him. Um, but here, interestingly enough, the Roman, Sergius Paulus, what does he want? He, wants, he calls for Barnabas um, and Saul to hear the word of God. Look at that in verse 7. And what did Eli, uh, why did Eliamus withstand them? Well, he's a false teacher, right? And so he's prohibiting them because he doesn't want Sergius Paulus to come to faith and the true faith. He knows what he's teaching is a lie. Um, it's always, this is an interesting side note maybe for you, um, but it's always harder um, to, um, to carry along with a lie than it is with the truth, right? So those who are liars, um, 
the deceit requires much more effort and energy. Um, you have to you have to actually be intentional about correcting uh, or not correcting, but uh, deceiving through all the information as well. It's always harder to maintain a lie than it is to maintain the truth. There we go. That's what I was thinking. It will, you know, lies always fall down when, when, uh, when brought to the light of the truth. Uh, what is revealed for the first time then in verse 9? This is cool. Saul is also called Paul. There we go. And he'll be known by Paul thereafter. Uh, what did Saul say to him? All right. Yeah, we called him a son of a devil, right? Son of the devil but also an enemy of righteousness, right? And that he's perverting the straight ways of the Lord. So he's leading people on, not the straight path, not on the narrow way, but rather uh, on false paths to lead them away from faith in Christ. And what happened then to Eliamus? Yeah, a dark mist fell on him and he sought someone to lead him by the hand because he went blind. What happened to the proconsul though? Very cool, verse 12. He believed, not only when he saw what was done, but being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. It's really about the word, the sign accompanying the word, but the word is the thing um, that converts him. All right, meditation on this text. Just as the Jerusalem congregation had seen the need for more preachers of the gospel, so now the church at Antioch is directed by her pastors, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to send out laborers into the harvest field to proclaim the gospel. As Philip, one of the seven preachers in Jerusalem, um, had encountered Simon the magician, so now Barnabas and Saul encounter a sorcerer who seeks to turn men away from the word of the Lord. Saul correctly labels this man as a false prophet and the son of the devil who opposes the righteousness of Christ. Today, there are still those who desire to turn men away from the word of the Lord and have them rely upon the tricks and gimmicks of marketing, advertising, sociology, and entertainment. Their eyes are clouded with the mist, and they are like the blind leading the blind, while the teaching of the Lord brings light to those in darkness. All right. So it's an important note. Um, it's not to say we can't learn something from uh, marketing and advertising and sociology and entertainment, but these things are not the truth. And they don't lead people into the truth of Christ either. Only Christ's word does that. All right. Uh, and his gifts attached to. Um, his word, right? Or word, yeah, words attached to his gifts. There we go. Baptism, Lord's Supper, forgiveness of sins. All right, we can do anything we want, um, you know, spectacular, gimmicky things, but ultimately it's the word that does the work. And it's the, only the word that does the work. All right, so be careful about that. We pray our catechism for this week one more time. The Lord's Prayer, the fifth petition. You say it with me. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. We pray the fifth petition. Heavenly Father, forgive us our trespasses. Do not look on, upon our sins or deny any of our prayers because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them, but we ask that you would give them all to us by grace. For we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. Grant us your forgiveness, so that we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
On this Saturday, we pray for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's Day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All right, on this June 26th, we pray in Thanksgiving with Deb, who celebrates her birthday uh, with the work of the ladies at the LWML convention, especially Barb. Pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, and Ken, our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, and our mission of the month, Sheboygan County Hispanic Outreach, as well as all the missions of the church. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray, O God, the protector of all who trust in you, without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy. Multiply your mercy on us, that with you as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal, that we lose not the things eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning, today is also um, the commemoration of uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Let me get that here. We'll have a little meditation on that. Good. The prophet Jeremiah was active as God's prophet to the southern kingdom of Judah around 627 to 582 BC. As a prophet, he predicted, witnessed, and lived through the Babylonian siege and eventual destruction of Jerusalem in 587 BC. In his preaching, he often used symbols such as an almond rod and a boiling pot, Jeremiah 1, wine jars, Jeremiah 13, and the potter at work, Jeremiah 18. His entire prophetic ministry was a sermon, culminating or communicating through word and deed God's anger towards his rebellious people. Jeremiah suffered repeated rejection and persecution by his countrymen. As far as, as can be known, Jeremiah died in Egypt, having been taken there forcibly. He is remembered and honored for fearlessly calling God's people to repentance. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the prophet Jeremiah, you continued the prophetic pattern of teaching your people the true faith and demonstrating through miracles your presence in creation to heal it of its brokenness. Grant that your church may see in your Son, our Savior, or Lord Jesus Christ, the final end times prophet, whose teaching and miracles continue in your church through the healing medicine of the gospel and the sacraments. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right. I get a little bit of voice issue again today. So 
Um, today, uh, I'll read it for you as well, our hymn for this week. One last time. Today your mercy calls us to wash away our sin, however great our trespass, whatever we have been, however long for mercy our hearts have turned away. Your precious blood can wash us and make us clean today. Today your gate is open, and all who enter in shall find a father's welcome and pardon for their sin. The past shall be forgotten, a present joy be given, a future grace be promised, a glorious crown in heaven. Today our Father calls us, His Holy Spirit waits, His blessed angels gather around the heavenly gates. No question will be asked us how often we have come. Although we oft have wandered, it is our Father's home. O all-embracing mercy, O ever-open door, what should we do without you when heart and eye run o'er, when all things seem against us to drive us to despair? We know one gate is open, one ear will hear our prayer. Amen. All right, so good to have you all with us here today on uh, this Saturday for Congregation of Prayer. I hope you can uh, join the congregation tomorrow, Sunday, June 27th at 9.30 a.m. There will not be the Gillespie's present because I'll be on vacation. Um, So you'll have a guest preacher and a guest organist. Um, So I hope everything goes well. Of course it will. The Lord will guide and and keep you and, uh, of course, preserve you. No Bible study then tomorrow either. All right, um, and actually, I don't think we'll have Bible study the week after because uh, the following week—not Sunday, not tomorrow, but the following Sunday—is um, July Fourth. Uh, is a holiday, so um, we'll let the divine service stand on its own and uh, allow people to do their holiday things. And of course, we'll have a lot of people traveling and whatnot then too. So, anyway, um, so then you can join us again for congregation prayer on Monday at nine a.m. Hope to see you then. <laughs>